0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Uh, Energy captains are here. Cam Lynch in the mix and Whitney Holtzman as well. Whitney, it's great to see you again.
1: So great to see you too, Cam. These are always the best moments. And I think, you know, people don't necessarily get to see the behind the scenes, but we always leave here on cloud nine. We're like, that was the best few hours ever when we get to be with each other and talk to amazing guests. And so I always look forward to these days when we get to be in the studio and This is a secondary studio visit for you. You're coming from the first studio. Tell everyone how the show's going.
0: So daytime TV is going awesome. I'm learning every day, essentially. A lot of it's word economy. I'm realizing a lot of it's word economy. So coming here to this studio, practicing my words, practicing delivery, and allowing the guests as well to, to feel where I'm coming from and vice versa. So without further ado, Whitney, if you would love to bringing our next guest
1: yes absolutely and I will say that one day uh, the last time I visited you on the set I walked in and there was a live horse and you were dressed as a king and you know so many things I didn't expect but we had the king and now we have the queen here with us I'm so excited to welcome in Michelle Gervais and um, pretty cool story of how Michelle and I met so I went to the same school as her daughter now attends and I had written a piece in our alumni magazine just about my career path and unbeknownst to me Michelle read it and hand wrote me a letter and mailed it to me, figured out my address and we went to lunch and I'm not sure I've ever met anyone who does more for other people and is so selfless and amazing. So Michelle, thank you so much for being here with us today. Well, Thank
2: you so much for having me. I'm not sure after that intro, if I could even compete with that, <laughs> we probably should stop right now. Oh, yeah. better,
0: right? You need some hand class for that one. I mean, you, you've been awesome and it's a pleasure to meet you.
2: Well, Likewise, uh, the pleasure is all mine to be here. Whitney, I mean, you're such a rock star in your own right. And who wouldn't want to reach out to you? Oh, well, thank you. I
0: did. I did. I reached (laughs) out. So I was like, excuse me, miss. Uh, I need some help here. Can you can you show me your way?
1: Yeah, we met on Twitter. So it's like you never know these days. Really? That's a great story. Yeah, Well, Cam was on the radio talking about how he was looking for someone to help with marketing and someone who knew what I did reached out to cam on twitter and connected us and said i have someone that i think might be able to help you and that's how this all began that's so kismet yeah, kismet exactly so what's some,
0: that kismet what's that meant to be ah oh, i didn't wait where is that from kismet you guys said it like oh you guys were on the same page there what is is that just like a I thing that yiddish. i don't I know it's oh it's yiddish yeah. okay it's kismet.
2: That's, that's coming from my time in miami i know a lot of yiddish yeah <laughs>
0: got it okay i was like what does that mean yeah. y'all just kept it going okay Got it.
2: Yeah. Are you up to speed now? <laughs> I'm, up, I'm caught up
0: to speed. Yeah. It's
1: that word economy. We're trying to help yeah. right. broaden it.
0: Thank you for expanding. Thank and you for expanding. These
1: are my favorite moments because there's so few super special people in the world. And there's such a gift when you finally get to meet them. And then my greatest joy is being able to introduce those people. And this is one of those moments. So I'm already on cloud nine. This, my, my day is made from this episode.
0: So my question for you, when you sent that letter to Whitney, what what, what did it say? What did it say in the, in the Will letter? Will you
1: be mine? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was very
2: stalkerish. Oh.
0: <laughs> use, use your resources.
2: Yeah, I mean, just, you know, very um, appreciative of everything she had done and, you know, trying to be respectful. But at the same time, I had practiced a significant amount of time in Miami. We go down to Miami. I can tell you everyone, I know everyone down there. But when I started practicing locally here in Tampa, I didn't have those same business connections. And then when I saw, you know, Whitney in in the article on her and I thought, wow. She looks amazing. And what's the worst that happens? I send her this letter and she doesn't respond. That's the worst that happens,
0: right? You know what's crazy? Winnie thinks just like that as well. It's crazy you say that. I mean, Winnie's going to dive into the story later. I'll let you finish yours. But it's crazy you shoot your shot like that because that's all she does. Gary Vaynerchuk was MLB. I mean, that's funny you say that. We'll wrap around to that story later. but
1: Yeah, and I think you just have a feeling in your gut when you get excited about something and you know something or someone is meant to be in your life and you're so excited about the pros of adding that person that you don't even consider the cons and you're just, you let that enthusiasm drive you and you just go for it. And if it doesn't happen, so be it, then you're just back where you began. But there was, you know, I was just amazed when I, you know, looked up Michelle on LinkedIn, she had accomplished so much. She had been a part of so many amazing organizations. I'm like, this woman used her time to reach out to me. I just couldn't believe, like I was very touched and honored and totally blown away that I mattered in any way to her.
2: Oh, absolutely. You did. And and just fast forward two years, because I think it's been about that amount of yep. time. She sends me this amazing gift card while my husband's in the hospital so that I can have food brought in
1: to the hospital and didn't have to eat cafeteria food who does that right right
0: an angel an angel <laughs> yeah.
1: right well michelle like i said does so much for so many people and you know it's a, such a an important question that you know people have so much going on in their lives outside of whatever job they have on a daily basis and you know your husband you know has been in and out of the hospital your daughters had health issues you're running this law firm how are you truly able to do it all because there's so many people trying to juggle so many balls out there and you know, what advice for you do you have for them for how to make it all work?
2: You know, um, that's a great question. I get asked that a lot, quite frankly, and maybe several times this week. But um, I think it's you have to treat people how you hope to be treated. Um, for instance, got to get my nails done, right? All these things as as ladies that we have to do to like make sure we look great when we, when we get to the office or we're in court or we're meeting with clients, got to get the hair done. Well, it's hard to do those things during the day or on the weekends. And I've got um, great people who are amazing, um, who I try to take care of and meet me in the evenings to get my hair done. The other night, I was getting my hair done till midnight. Mm-hmm. My husband's like, where are you right now? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not lying to you. I'm
0: really still getting my hair done. <laughs> FaceTime, here it is. Look, yes, see? Yes, <laughs> yes.
2: And I have uh, folks that do my nails who are amazing, and I take care of, you know, bring in dinner, and they, they come on in you know, on their day off. They, they're just amazing. And I'm very lucky to have people around me that, that try to also help. I think outside the box. Um, I don't sleep a lot. People will get emails from me between 3 and 3.30 in the morning sometimes, including this morning. And then I try to go back to sleep for a little bit. But that's sometimes when I do my best thinking. And you just try to juggle it.
0: Yeah, what's your sleep schedule like?
2: Well, uh, my husband's trying to get me to go to bed by like 10 because he's like, okay, you're going to be up at 3 no matter what. So maybe if we try to get you to sleep earlier, (laughs) it'll work. But sometimes I don't go to bed till like midnight, 1 o'clock, sleep for a couple of hours, and then I'm back up. Um, and then try to go back to sleep for a couple hours. That depends.
1: It's it's amazing. You're a machine, and I think one important lesson that you mentioned in there is, you know, that you're able to re- recalibrate. So a lot of times people say, you know, they're dealing with businesses, and the business says this is the price and this is the time, and people just kind of accept that at face value. But a lot of what you've been able to do to make it work is kind of put that back on them and say, actually, this is kind of what works for me. Are you able to make this work? And sometimes the answer is no, but sometimes it's yes. And that allows you to get things done instead of just saying, oh, they're closed. And, you know, I can't take care of that today. Yeah. And when the answer is yes,
2: I am very, very appreciative and extremely loyal.
1: Yeah. You have your tribe that helps take care of you. Yes. Okay. So talk a little bit about, um, you know, what you do on a daily basis in your job. You know, I see you and tell everyone you're you know, the preeminent sports lawyer. And I've just learned so much from you of the type of work that you do, prenups and postnups, and all the things that happen in the sports world on a daily basis that I was quite naive to, um, but that, you know, falls on your plate of, of what you help athletes do that you work with. And by the way, your athletes are across all the major sports, which is incredible.
2: Yeah, they are, and all over the country. I've I'm, I'm been very thankful and grateful to, especially in this time of Thanksgiving, to get to have the clients I do. Um, you know, back in the day, you know, ten years ago, you talk about being a quote unquote fixer and helping out with these types of cases. But now I look at it more like I'm trying to empower and I'm trying to teach and trying to help. Um, I'm sure Cam, you've seen this a lot, where where guys out in the industry, you know, have have a child, for instance, and they suddenly think, well, then I can't be a great dad because you know the season is so long, and depending on what season it is, but any of the seasons are so long. I'm constantly traveling. You know, how am I going to be able to be a good dad? And I feel like it's my job now to really empower them to realize you can, but you're no different than a dad who relocates for work out of state and the makeup season makeup time for them might be during the summer. Makeup time for athletes is of the off season.
0: Like the military.
2: Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Same thing. Everyone's out there trying to provide and be this amazing provider coming back, bring you know, bring home the bacon, so to speak, right? And taking care of the family. And then we have to take care of our dads when they're back and available to be around.
0: So it's kind of wild that you say this because I have a lot of teammates that are dads and are moving around. But right now, one of my best friends plays for the Magic. His daughter is all out in California, so it's tough for him. Tough. I have another friend that I went to Syracuse with. He's in Dubai, and wow. his son his son was just born. So I can imagine what they go through. And, Whitney, you said something about post-nups, pre-nups. I know athletes, we have a chance. Uh, we and Women as well, right? We have a chance to. I said us as in guys, but I want to make sure they clarify. But the fact that we come into a lot of money, a lot of wealth, and when it comes to a partner, right? You want to protect yourself. So, how does that? How can people best protect themselves? Prenup, posting up. How does that work?
2: So, for instance, the prenuptial agreements. Uh, I tell. Mostly guys, right? Um, sometimes I get the females as well. Sometimes I have the females that have money. <laughs> but generally it's- Hopefully it's that's most, me one day. Yeah. Oh, coming to you. I it need a be. prenup.
1: <laughs> it will be. And you know it, I'll do it for you. Thank you.
2: <laughs> but most of it are the, are the men. And they come to me and they talk about it. And usually I'm coming through their agent or working with their financial advisor. And you kind of think of it as estate planning. And I try to help them approach their fiance and say, look, I want to take care of you too. At the same time, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. So- um, just finished doing a prenuptial agreement for an athlete. Uh, we had what we call the closing in the office. Made it very friendly, made it very easy, um, you know, even though it's obviously a very stressful process. They were happy to have it behind them, you know, now that they're getting ready to get married before the end of the year. But we went through, um, and I went through with him. I said, this does not have to be an all or nothing. So a prenuptial agreement works like whatever you come into the marriage with is yours. And whatever after you earn is also yours. That's That was the old way of thinking of a prenuptial agreement which sometimes a lot of times left the female without a lot of money they they could have kids and the one thing she's going to be entitled to afterward is child support. So you could be worried like hey we're living in a 2 to 3 million dollar home right now we have two kids something happens it could even be her right and you guys get divorced. She's never going to be able to afford any type of house that you guys have been accustomed to for the kids. These are your children, right? So I really push and really try to educate, you know, you don't want your kids living in an apartment, right? You, you want, if you've been married so long and you have children, you want to say, hey, you're going to get this X amount of dollars. If I have, and I've had some cases where it's based on whatever their income is at the time or it's based on whatever their, their net estate is. And we can do it so that the gentleman is still protected, but he's also looking out for her best interest in, in some aspects, his future children's best interests.
0: So like a Jeff Bezos, was, <laughs> what was that? I mean, he didn't get a prenup wow. or a postnup. So right. do you get a postnup in that situation or what do you do? Let's talk
1: sure. about what a postnup is because yes. I didn't know, you know, the first time I met Michelle and she explained it to me. So uh, it's basically a prenup show agreement for after you're married.
2: Now, it makes it a lot more difficult to negotiate with someone you are intimate with, <laughs> right? Because it's it's difficult. It's talking about money. They, in, that, in that situation, if there's not already a prenup, Sometimes we get people who have prenups and want to do a modification of the prenup, which becomes a postnup after they're married. Like maybe they didn't get a lot out of the negotiations. Now they're happily married. Um, he's willing to give her more, and they want to do a modification, which then becomes a postnup because they're okay. married already. But sometimes you get it where there's no prenup already, and the female generally is already entitled to 50% in the, if you're in the state of Florida after they get married, right? And might be entitled to alimony. It might be entitled to their attorney's fees being paid. And that's hard then for a woman to back away from and say, well, no, I shouldn't be entitled to that. It becomes difficult. It has happened. I've had some cases with postnuptial agreements where things went um, very awry. And in some instances where the female was lying to their spouse or not being truthful, saying that they weren't asking for X, Y, and Z and try to blame it on the lawyer, when the lawyer might have been saying, Are you sure you're not being too greedy? Are you sure he's going to be OK with this? And it caused a problem for them. And it's easy for us to be the scapegoat, which we're happy to be.
1: So it sounds like a prenup is always the way to go if you're going to go that route. And, you know. But a post-nup is an option if it's available.
2: Yeah. And I will tell you that you know sometimes you get a lot of folks that don't have any money yet. There's just the possibility in the future they might, um, or they're likely to have an inheritance. So let's say you're going to get an inheritance. And then after you get married, you start using that inheritance money on the marital home, or you put money into a joint bank account. Then we talk about these big words, but like commingling funds and those all those funds are like held together jointly becomes part of the marital estate. So a lot of parents whose children are getting married that know that they're going to pass on money actually also support having the prenuptial agreement.
1: And if you're meeting an athlete for the first time, totally clean slate, what are the things that you recommend that an athlete do to protect themselves of all the life circumstances that they may encounter based on all of the work that you can do? How clean can I respond to that question? Yep. Uh, Whatever you see best.
0: (laughs) Whatever you see fit.
2: Oh, wear a condom? No. (laughs) Right.
1: Good advice. Okay.
0: Yikes. (laughs) No. Sorry.
2: No. I I once thought that my branding should be a condom with like, you know, please use me. (laughs) I beg. (laughs) But then I thought, you know, my luck, the condom won't work. Right. There'll be a child and then I'm going to get sued for child support. Right. (laughs) So anyways, talking to the athletes, you just talk about estate planning and I know that gets boring, but hey, let's get your will in place. Let's get a trust in place or an LLC. If you think you're going to buy property or you're going to start a business, you know, um, you know, we, we talk about those things or shielding. A lot of the athletes will ent- develop the LLC and then like, especially in the NFL and run the income from the NFL to the LLC. Um, because they are able to write off a little bit more business expenses and treat it like an S corp, which I know is getting a little bit complicated here, but um, for tax purposes, it's sometimes easier. It's a little bit better on the on the financial planning. But we try to bring in people that guide them on you know tax estate planning. And then hey, when there is a female or a, another you know another male or whatever partner it is um, in their future, and they think that they're about to walk down the aisle, we talk about the prenuptial agreement, and we say always give yourself six months to get a prenup. Negotiated and signed. This last case I was talking about, it was almost a year um, because we didn't want, the, and the athlete didn't want to push it. It was, I mean, he truly, I mean, not that nobody else loves their fiance, but he truly wanted to look out for her. And it was a hard discussion for them to continue to have. So they would do it very slowly and methodically. And it just took that long. And, yeah. and that's fine. And like they're doing amazing and they walked out and happy. <laughs> and and that's, that's what you hope for.
0: That's what matters. And it's yeah. crazy you said this, too, that some athletes sometimes use their income and funnel it through the LLC. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Wow. So anything that you make through the NFL goes to the LLC, and then anything you make outside of that could go to the family or to your wife or whatever. So that's a way of protecting yourself, essentially?
2: Yes. And we I work with great financial advisors that actually do a lot of work with some of the major players throughout the country. Um, and they're, they're amazing. And we work with them.
0: Why is this the first time I'm hearing this?
1: That's why I think Michelle had so much great advice to offer because this is not stuff that you learn in school. And I've learned so much from her about all the things you can do as a regular person to protect yourself. But when the stakes are higher as an athlete, there are all these precautions you can put in place, and she really helps you protect yourself off the field. And I didn't know about any of this until I met her.
0: That's so simple. So I started my own media company as well, right? That's so, awesome. But I started that after I started playing. Right. So if I started before I – began playing then i mean things are different right so i'm thinking that way but mind you some i don't i didn't make millions and millions of dollars i don't think you need to right somebody like lebron james that can be advantageous for lebron right or the quarterback from alabama that just got hurt when he's going into the league he's like look i just got hurt in college so who knows where life's going to take me but i will be a top pick in the nfl i need to protect myself let me get this LLC. So what I'm curious about is how can college athletes protect themselves? You know what I'm saying? How, I mean.
1: Same and, way. Now, I'm just, Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, and all condom jokes aside, there's a lot in the fatherhood and motherhood department that they can do as well. So I'd love if you touched on that side of things because, you know, obviously when it comes to your family and kids, things can get really emotional. So what can athletes be doing there to protect themselves as well?
2: So it's interesting going back to the prenuptial agreements. A lot of the cases, sometimes you, you know, you might be young, you may have a child, whether you had a, a starter marriage as they we call them, right, or it was just you know a, 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 a situation night one night stand. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, be night like kid. that. <laughs> yeah. I've had some of those cases. Uh, but, you know, I have Jerry Springer's folks, my DNA folks on standby, oh, and they come you. out in their little confidential vehicles, and yes, yeah, really? I've, I've had several players who were not the father, and you know, you're like legally blonde.
0: I mean, so, okay, real quick, real quick. Once once the guys found out that they weren't the father, what were the reactions like? I don't know if you could share that, but like
2: I can give you an example because it's one of my favorite examples of all time. So um, it was late one evening on a Friday going into like typical spring break period of time. So I was traveling with my family, but it was six o'clock and the DNA results come in through like Ohio without saying names and they only can get faxed there's a like a hippo violation that the businesses are worried about that they won't email they won't tell you over the phone they will only fax why fax i have no that idea. seems like
1: the least safe method of, of course of right? sending the information you know, but right. okay all right <laughs> right universe but i i
2: i talked this very nice lady into sharing with me what the results were and because our fax machine was down with the with the a large firm the fax machine was not working. Okay? I just am
1: picturing this guy waiting to find out if he's it's, no, he's been the, to the find father. Out at 6 the... p.m. on a Friday, you know, and I'm, it's all I'm,
2: based on the fax machine, right? Right, and it's down, right, right. right? Perfect. I'm like, of course it is, right? I'm like, you gotta help me.
0: <laughs> so Please. she,
2: I got her to email it. Like she's like, she emails, I find out he's not the dad. Now, mind you, he was already, he thought he was, like he, you know, he was all in. I call him. I don't get him. I leave him a voicemail. You know, I have great news. Congratulations. I'm so excited. You know, blah blah blah. He calls me back, and he's devastated. Well, I shouldn't say he's devastated, but he is, like, like not breathing because he thought I was congratulating him on being a dad. Oh, God. And oh. I'm like, no, it's the opposite.
0: Oh, no.
2: Yes. Yeah, so that was my learning lesson. Never say congratulations. Right, because you don't know if they're going to be happy or not. <laughs> right, right. And so – he, he calls me back later when he's had time to digest it, and he said to me, and I'll never forget it, because a lot of my clients, you don't ever get the thank yous, the acknowledgement. The, Just a sigh of relief. Right, right, right. He called me and he said, you have changed my life. I hope you know that you have changed my life. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that is the nicest thing anyone has ever said to me. And he said, I am going to readjust my life and really it was make a wake good up decisions call. going forward.
0: That's, That's all you need is one. All
2: you I, I, one. I, <laughs> and I, I'm not sure I'm ever gonna get another one. Quite frankly,
0: I mean, all, no. What he said though, right? Like oh, yeah. you changed my life. I'm gonna live things differently. Like all yeah. you need is one. Like me personally, knowing knowing some guys who have been in a situation, that is scary stuff. Like mind you, you're about twenty something years old. You know your mom tells you, hey, like wear this wear this this latex. Right. Like hey, right. you'll be fine. And you don't do it. And mind you, you're in in route for. A lot of money and something like this happens, very scary.
2: I have a case right now that in a in another state, because if I say the state, you'll all be able to figure it out. But um where there's What does it start with? <laughs> <laughs> where well, there are multiple baby mamas, as we call them, who were not like ex wives or anything. And he hit a very large contract recently. And they're all coming out now saying, Modification on my child support. And, you know, one of them wants $76,000 a month in child support. A month? Yeah. So what do you do about that? So we come in and we take a look at everything and we're like, there's no way in heck that's happening. But, I mean, look, these cases happen all over the place, right? And that's just one of them, right? So you have to be very cautious and very conservative and, you know, stand your ground. Because even if you think, hey, they might spend a lot more money on me. Then at the end of the day, that it might be worth like trying to get a settlement or trying to keep this. You know, we try, always try to keep it out of the press, and so far it has not hit the press. But you always try to keep it confidential. But you try, sometimes your gut instinct is we need to get this over with, so it doesn't end up in the press. But in cases like that, where you know there's three others that are going to get filed the minute this is done, and she's I sharing all that information with the others, you got to be you got to stand your ground, right? It's
0: like a movie. <laughs>
1: It really is. Well, you know, we always say caring is the best strategy. And Michelle has the biggest heart of anyone I've ever met. So she's the person I would want on my side, because I know if I say, all right, you know, Michelle, you're on the job, she's going to get it done. And she's going to fight tooth and nail to make sure that that you're protected. And, you know, over the years, as we've had lunches and seen each other, you are truly the of having the craziest, wildest stories. I know, obviously, there's limitations on what you can share, but sometimes you're the one doing the work in between, you know, telling the spouse that you're breaking news about what, you mm-hmm. know, what's going to happen to their marriage and the wife doesn't even know it until you tell them. So can, are there any stories kind of in that realm that you can talk about that are outside the job description, but that really are part of your world?
2: Yes, I had an, uh, I had a case, um, I don't know, in the last couple of years where the client asked me, he's like, she's not getting it. That I want a, a divorce and I said okay how c- how can I help with that could you come over and tell her
0: <laughs> no, no wonder you don't like, sleep i like, mean right? <laughs> you go through stuff like this
2: <laughs> um are you sure that's what you want me to do she has to break
1: up with husbands and wives and it, it,
0: oh my gosh
1: yeah yeah. That's
0: why you don't sleep. That's why I, don't I sleep. mean, think about this, right? If this, if I was going through this, and wouldn't, it, it doesn't ever happen. But my mom would not be sleeping. You yeah. are the legal mom of these <laughs> athletes.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's the perfect I, way. I'd to like put to it. think big sister, but you're probably right. I could be their mother.
0: You know what I mean? Like <laughs> at the end of the day, like a sister would wake up, but not like a mom would. This like a true. mom would go and break up Where's with that girl. A yeah. um, uh, sister, I, she might, but a mom, she's gonna make it happen yeah. in the best way possible. So, can you describe that story, like, or where you were, what you were thinking at that, and time? and how
1: the person reacts when you break the news <laughs> that their marriage is over, and you're, it's not their husband telling them.
2: Yeah. So, um, I don't think I told you this part of the story. She was pregnant. And so it was, it was, you know, she, I think also played it very well because I think that he had said she knew, like, he's like, she, she knows why you're coming over. She gets it. You know, he, he was willing to do whatever it takes to make her happy. Do you bring a fruit basket or something when you do this? I brought lunch. Okay. I I found out what she liked to eat. (laughs) I did bring food. Soften the blow. I, I was trying to be so like thoughtful and try to put myself in these shoes and say, okay, like what, what? Nothing's going to make this okay. But what could I do or say that maybe she won't completely hate my guts?
1: Right. And you have to kind of feel bad for her.
2: Yes.
0: This um, <laughs> is like debatable.
2: you know why? Because I know too much now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, fast forward all, you know, all these right. months later, it's true. but and you, and you see a lot um but yeah, you just and I she sat there and just acted like she had no clue what I was talking about, which was I don't think was true. Yeah, but at the moment it. it's just hard when you're sitting there trying to talk to someone who it's obviously emotional, obviously, you know, um, has hormones going a little crazier than, you know, what we do when we're pregnant. And it was, just, it, was, it was tough. And I tried not to overstay my welcome. And I tried to, to be there for her and comfort her to the extent that I could and, you know, try to educate her like, hey, let's, you need to get legal counsel. Like, he's going to take care of everything. We're going to help, you know, all of you get through this as amicably as possible. Um, where, you know. where was he? Not
1: there.
0: (laughs) So wait, what was (laughs) like this? Like a soap opera, or something. Okay,
1: this is just a Tuesday in her life. It's
0: a Tuesday. So wait, so he wasn't there. You were there doing the breakup. Has he ever attempted to break up?
2: He said he had. She said he hadn't.
0: Got you. So you were the legal. Hey, this is legally happening here. Like you've been served these papers. Like
2: not even served yet. We didn't want to have to do that, but these papers are going to get filed. You know, let's get you know, get yourself a lawyer so that we don't have to embarrass you or have you personally served and or if we don't even have to file because you guys can work out a settlement agreement, however you want to work it out, he's willing to do that. He doesn't want to file and catch you off guard. But if you've seen the World War III since then,
1: she yeah. didn't want to accept at the time, you know, she didn't want to come to terms with it for whatever reason. Right. And, you know, she was she didn't want the same thing he wanted. Yeah. So what what advice do you have for athletes to just you know, keep themselves out of these situations and to make good judgment calls when they're picking a partner or they're going about their daily life, whether it's a temptation or whatever it might be, but just to avoid these situations because obviously the deeper you go, the messier it gets.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, that's a very good point on the deeper you go. I I, I think, and I hope I'm not hurting our gender when I say this, there's a lot of women, Cam, I'm sure you know, that are out there um, for the wrong reasons, right? And the temptation, I am sure, is ridiculous Every single day, whether you're married in a relationship or not, and the women are always abundant who are available. Maybe not necessarily the right women, but they are, right? Especially when when we're younger and we don't realize what we want and we're living our life free. And how awesome is this? You know, I finally made it. You know, um, and we're proud of that. It, it's just difficult. It's just it's it's the same for the same rationale that we're always saying: be careful of those you keep around you. I mean, we also have to deal with the hangers-on. The, the, the people around us that are family or not family who expect to get paid, right? Yep. We deal with that a lot as well. Um, oh,
0: and my question for you, when it comes to the women, what are the signs that guys or girls, we'll jump to the women next when it comes to girls dealing with these situations, but for guys, what are the signs to watch out for when it comes to dealing with women and family?
2: Let me ask you a question, if you don't mind. Yeah. Do you like a chase? Yes. Do you like mystery? Yes. So there you go, right? Most men do. I think that's the same answer every guy I know would give. The women who are giving it to you right away and putting it out there have none of that.
0: Got it. Right? Okay. There's
2: no chase. There's no mystery. It's just too easy. So nothing in life is easy. That's good, right? So right. that's a red flag.
0: Yeah. If it's too easy. Yep. Yeah. But what if, but like, mind you though, in that world, a lot of things are easy. A lot of things come easy. So how you, how do you decide <laughs> what's e- what's easiest and what's, you know what I mean? Like, how do you- Well, I think,
1: Kim, this is something that's your real life. I mean, yeah. as you've navigated day to day, what have you been able to do to discern between people you trust and people you don't t- trust and, you know, people who are quality, you know, whatever gender um, and people who are trying to take advantage? I mean, how have you navigated that?
0: So- through some waters i've been in been through some rocky waters as you know right a lot of athletes we come through man i'm glad you asked me that because it's crazy it's really crazy
1: because i think of like i was a stranger i somehow ended up in your life you know how did you hopefully know i was a good person versus someone trying to take advantage well that's obvious by the way oh
0: yeah i I I don't know
1: i just go about (laughs) my daily life so i can't tell It,
0: it is obvious though right so i'm glad you you questioned it that way. So basically, when I first met you, I knew by the dress you wore, right, it was fun. It was vibrant. The, the place we went to go eat at, it was it was very low-key, nothing too high-end, nothing too low like a fresh kitchen, which I like. But, you know, the first time you're meeting a client, yeah. not a fresh kitchen. Right. So And then you ordered a pizza and you ate the whole thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that. So, so you I knew mean, I was a real person.
0: Off, off, off the road. Okay.
1: So I didn't say, all right, we're going to Burns and you're paying – and, you know, I'm dressed to the nines. It wasn't a front.
0: Yeah, it wasn't okay. a front. It wasn't a front. And sometimes, though, some women play the game, right? Sometimes they will keep it low key and then they'll they'll bring it out, bring it around later on. So I think for me, navigating these waters, I think it got to a point where I was like, whoa, like this is getting too rocky. And then so my girlfriend now, Erinique, she came into my life. I was like, hmm. Like this, this young lady right here. She's the real deal. She's the real deal. Yeah. So the reason. How did you
2: know she was?
0: So basically, she uh, her soccer game. She was playing soccer, and I was like, "Whoa, you're the one." So the reason why I figured that out was, so when I met her, typing on the computer, hair up in a bun, just natural. But we're in L. A. at a at a popping spot. So I was like, "Okay, she's comfortable where she is." Then she went to go play soccer. And she flipped like three guys, scored about two goals. Awesome. And I was like, man, she's just super tough. She, her mom she, was LAPD. By her the mom way. Oh, was wow. LAPD, yeah. That's
2: awesome. And by the way, be careful.
0: Yeah, no, no, really. You treat her really well. No, really. <laughs> it could get dangerous. It could be. You know what I mean? I know lift weights, but. No. It, She's in the way she room carries with the me.
1: gun. She's <laughs> literally the, fe- you know, Ernie is the female version of Cam and they're such a great pair and I kind of use them as, you know, idols as, okay, this is what you should look for in a relationship and I'm just as friendly with her as I am with Cam. She's wonderful. I mean, they're both family to me. Um, but even when you're with someone, I would assume there's still girls trying to get through to you and hang on and you have lots of female friends. So even, you know, when you have this great partner, how do you manage to not give in to the temptation and just pick quality and always prioritize her instead of picking the low-hanging fruit or the, um, you know, quick temptation or drug high, whatever you want to call it.
0: I think it's communication, right? Even when it comes to any type of relationship, when you're transparent, when you communicate, I think that helps, th- that helps out a lot when you're relatable. So the fact that I can tell her what I'm feeling, tell her different things, especially when we were at long distance, right? I was like, man, it's kind of tough this week. Like I'm going to, I'm going to need to see you soon. So just communicating that way, help things out a lot. Um, but it, it is tough, but also for women too. think about this though, right? When you, when a woman goes to the bar, when y'all, when y'all go to the bar, I mean, guys are you know, tugging at you or saying, hello, can I get you a drink or X, Y, and Z. And so that happens a lot for women too. So I think the fact that, you know, if you're transparent, if you show that you care and you're actually willing to, to dive into it, then I think that, you know, it pays off a lot, but That's
1: a great story. I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And would you say now that you've had both worlds, do you feel like, you know, for other guys listening out there, that it really is more fulfilling um, and you're happier having that day-to-day person, that partner and that teammate as opposed to just girls on the side that don't last?
0: Yeah, that gets old and it gets dangerous too. I mean, we're sitting here with, Mm -hmm. with Michelle who's a sports lawyer and she sees it and it's very, I mean, even in college, high school, I mean, as men, we have to be very careful because, you know, we can pick up and go left and right, but there's consequences when it comes to that going left and right. So I think having a woman being locked in, or, you know, when it comes to women, if you have a partner, I mean, just being locked in, that, it helps out a lot.
1: And I, you know, Michelle and I have talked about the Antonio Brown situation, you know, and not to bring up, you know, a controversial issue again, but, you know, he was with the Patriots, and, you know, kind of, ultimately it, it had worked out for him, and then these women came back around and made these acu- accusations, and that's ultimately what derailed him, and he's not playing in the NFL, he's sitting at home now. So, do we think that's what derailed him?
0: Oh, who even knows? <laughs> yeah, you know, he yeah.
1: yeah, it
2: was it was certainly the start. It was a slippery right. slope. Right. But it's just
1: an example of people from your past. If you make those mistakes and you have bad judgment, yeah. you could be at the top of your game. And that uh, is often when a lot of people come back and, it, you know, nothing ever lasts one night. You know, I think that, um, y- you know, if you're making bad decisions, those are going to come back to sort of haunt you in your future. And you may not realize the place you're going to be in. And if you've made bad decisions you know, back in the day that those are still going to be a part of your life. And you don't want that to ruin all that you've earned.
2: And, and I think it's no different than even in the business world. The higher up you go, people are always going to either want to take you down or be a part of it for the wrong reasons. Right. Yeah. Yep. So every time you you look at a, a female or a male or whoever their partner is going to be, and you're you're going to make the decision about whether it's a one night stand or it's a friend with benefits or whatever it is, think, do Could I raise a child with this person?
0: That's what my mom tells me. That's probably like
2: the best advice I could give.
0: That's what my mom tells me. Like, hey Cam, I know you're going to college, but think about it. When you when you lay down with these with these girls, like, could you see them raising your child? Like, make those those smart decisions. So
1: Thank God for moms like Cam's, they're just so rare
0: and so special. Thank God. I mean, it's it's just, we can't talk about it all here on the, on the Energy Captain's <laughs> podcast, but I have some stories.
1: Yeah. I have well, some stories. Tell us a story. Yeah, I mean, we're just, we have all day here.
0: Oh, man. Um. So, okay, I'll tell you a story. So, basically, when I get back, so, okay, when I'm in Atlanta, right, I'm in Atlanta, I'm playing for the Rams. It's my first year, actually, my first year. My first year I'm playing for the Rams. I wanna make the team coming fresh out of college.
1: So why are you in Atlanta if you're playing for the Rams?
0: Um so I go to Atlanta, I think off season. It's off, the season. off season, yeah. off okay. season. Uh I'm playing for the Rams. It's the off season I'm training. And basically there's this girl and she plays she plays football, lingerie football. So she trained at the same gym that I am. Um and long story short is she's a cleat chaser. So that's that's what we call a mm-hmm. woman who do chase the jersey. You call them jersey chasers or yeah. Or whatever. but it's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, nice way of putting it. I thought we needed
1: more pads in football, not less. I the
0: mean. Concussions.
1: And hey, pads. hey. <laughs> it doesn't they, seem practical, and I'm cold already thinking about it, but yeah, that's what works. that's
0: what they do. I mean, lingerie football, you know, no clothes. They're, you know, they're athletes as well, but they just do it in a different uniform. So long story short, though, she was a, she was a cleat chaser, and basically, I mean, she surrounded herself around my whole family. My friends, I mean, she even moved in with with my best friend. I mean, wow. she was a cool girl, but, you know, at her Your person— mom
1: must have sniffed that a million miles away. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. She bought my mom, like, a bottle of wine, I think, for a holiday. She's like, oh, she's trying to get in. Like, mm-hmm. she's trying to find her way in and sneak her way in. So, um, after we stopped talking, thankfully we did, but she ended up dating, like, uh, some basketball player off the— um, the Timberlands, uh, Townsend or something like that, you know? So I'm seeing that I'm seeing Darrell Revis and different hall of famers. Like she's dating these people. I'm like, okay, I see what you're in it for. But she almost, she almost got, she almost got me.
1: And I think it's important. Like you knew pretty much right away what you were seeing and to trust your gut. If something feels off or you kind of have suspicions that someone you know, has the wrong intentions. It's important to follow those and, you know, if it's meant to be or they you know, they'll prove you wrong in time, but just at least hold back until you know for sure that the person has good intentions and it's gonna look out for you. Yeah. It's great advice. Yeah. And I think, you know, Michelle too, you've been super helpful for me personally. And so many times I've called or emailed or texted or whatever. We sit down at lunch and I just totally unload of, you know, what it's like to be a woman in the sports world and Cam, you know, has, has seen firsthand, you know, the challenges. And I think, you know, it's opened his eyes to, you know, things are just easier for him being a guy and an athlete and people will treat me totally differently. And I know you've had plenty of situations that you've shared with me and, you know, have helped guide me, you know, through, through this career path, but what's kind of the advice that you have or, you know, some stories from your journey that might help other people of how you've, you know, survived not only the work you're doing for clients, but your peers around you. Wow. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't know if I should say all that Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey. because you've been pretty much the only person I've been able to turn to who's been in a really similar position, who's had similar stories happen, who's been able to, in my hardest moments say, oh, I've actually been through this too. And this is what I recommend, or this is what I've done. So I'm sure there's people out there listening who are in similar circumstances and need your Sherpa wisdom.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Um, they say like life builds character, right? Especially when you're at your hardest moments or those moments where you don't know what to do. Um because there's no guidebook for there's no how to be a woman book. in the sports world. There's no. And, that, you know, it's the sports world. It's the legal world. The higher up I go, it's it's only older white men. I mean, if I'm being honest, uh, it's there's, there's not a lot of me, you know, um, at that level. There's certainly not a lot of me in the sports world. Uh, gosh, just even my legal career alone, um, there have been, you know, times or I remember I was a very young lawyer and working at a, a firm that I really loved and um, there was a, Without getting into it, so people can't go back and track my timeline and figure it out. But yeah. <laughs> there was there was uh, somebody working on the computer system. One um, I was in with a client, and I don't. I think I shared the story with yep. you, right? And I uh, came back into my office, and now like the male partners were in my office, and I turned on my computer, and there's a woman giving a man a blowjob, and I was very young, and um, you know mortified, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to react. I think I left the room. Um, you know. And then thereafter, I was given a, a list of all the things I no longer was allowed to do. Like, if I was going to be working late and the computer tech person was in the office, I had to keep my door shut. I wasn't allowed
1: to talk to him. I mean, it's like this list you of things. You got punished for yeah. his indiscretion. Yeah. What? Um, yeah, and that's the hardest part. The more you shine, it seems like the people around you who feel inadequate or you know don't want you to overshadow them find ways to hold you back. And but it's like a form of bullying or manipulation to make you feel like it's your fault or that um you know you're not as quality of a person.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it it, it was it was tough because I felt like what you know I think I even got asked, "What did you do to him to make him think he could do that?" And I was like, "Really? <laughs> Are you?" Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. And so it was that moment that I decided as much as I loved where I was at that I needed to go work elsewhere. Right. And, you know, there's, there's been many instances along the way, and I think you just have to be true to yourself. You know, they talk a lot nowadays about being your authentic self. You just have to bring your authentic self, I think, all the time. And you tell people no, <laughs> and you tell people that's not going to happen. Um, I'm not interested you know, stand up for yourself. Yeah. And and I, and I think it's hard in this world because you have to be careful how you say that, because I think men, um, tend to have their ego hurt a little bit and that ego being hurt, um, transforms into something else. So I think you have to be cautious. Um, so what are the ways
1: that you can say it, that you feel like are appropriate?
2: I think that you just have to be upfront, you know, like, um, no, you know, I'm, um, uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, thank you for, you know, maybe thinking whatever of me or whatever, but I, I'm not interested. Um, but I still really, you know, enjoy our working together or I, you know, think that, you know, you're you're great. And, you know, um, from a colleague standpoint or, you know, I, I don't see you that way. And that's yeah, always yeah. a hard conversation, right? It's, but so add you're in the business world and that's a really hard conversation to have, let alone in the regular world. I mean, what do you say, Cam?
0: Man, when a girl when a girl pushes up on me, right? I I got a girl. Hey, yeah. You know, my I love my lady. Yeah. Or, or really, the way I approach it, and the way I've been approaching it since since I was young is friendship, right? Um, being friends with people—that's just the best way to go about it. So I think if you keep it friendly, it's cool. But if it does get to a point where it's like, hey, this is beyond friends, and I you know I just let them know, like, hey, Instagram, here we go, here she is. Yeah. You know, so you kind of keep it like that. I know you're you're married, right? So. Yes. But I'm sure you can get to a point when you're married, I'm sure, like, that ring probably is invisible to some people. It probably attracts people, I'm sure. Well, I
1: think a lot of the difference, you know, specifically in Michelle's situation, is that the people who are making her feel uncomfortable have a lot of the power. So they they are able to dangle that and use it as leverage. So if you hurt my feelings, if you don't give me what I want, I'm going to hurt your career. And that's devastating to someone who's accomplished so much and worked so hard. Wow. Yeah, I remember from my
2: first clerking job, I was told like, Fridays they would do jeans day back then. Could you wear those one jeans you had on that prior Friday? And this is when I was still in law school. What? And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah.
0: So, what did you, I mean, how did you end up handling that situation?
2: I was very young. And I, my guys were my friends my whole life. And I used to just be able to like play the game, so sort to of speak, with never like playing the game, you know, and just kind of go along with like a joke. Like, it's just a big joke. And I learned sometimes that's probably not the best way to handle it. And I think my answer to that was, well, you should have seen the ones I had on a month ago. Like, I think, you know, I just had to, like, throw it back on them and just, like, ha, 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 right, and walk
1: away. And then, of course, not wear those jeans again. Right?
0: (laughs) Ever only wearing
1: sweatpants (laughs) on Fridays from now on. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, obviously, a lot of those situations make people feel really uncomfortable, and it brings out your flight or fight fight responses. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if it's something that's really upsetting to someone, like obviously, the instinct is to say no or scream or, you know, say get, you know, go away. I mean. Is that damaging? Can you do that? Is that standing up for yourself or do you have to be polite and joking about it?
2: I don't know what the right answer is. i gonna be honest with you. I think it depends on who you are and it depends on the relationship. And it depends, you know, to your point earlier, some of these people are having an effect on your career and you got to handle it gracefully sometimes, maybe more gracefully than you want to, if it were some average joe at the bar who was hitting on you, you could be like, you know, get the heck away from me, right? Like, I'm, I'm good, right? Yeah. Don't buy me that drink. I'm good. Right? But it's different when, you know, you feel like your career might be dependent or could have a negative effect.
1: Yeah. Well, it sounds like first and foremost, you have to stand up for yourself and, you know, let people know that you're not interested in protect yourself it's nice if you can do it with some grace. That's helpful. But the priority is making sure that you're protected and that you're not giving in to those situations that, you know, make you feel uneasy.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, you never give in to the situations, right? Yep. Like, that's that's never the answer. Um, you know, it's, you know, part of the problem or I don't know if it's a problem, but it's uh, I think the whole, the whole um, team approach on the in this whole hashtag me too world is, you know, having I get it. I get why women feel that they're stuck and they don't have a choice, but I've never felt that way enough to have gone. Through with it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, and
1: you have to know that if someone's making you feel that way, they're probably not meant to be in your life and you have all the things you need and the people that you need are never going to treat you that way. So, it's okay to do what you need to do to stand up for yourself and if you let them go or let that opportunity go, I'm sure the money wasn't worth your well-being and to sacrifice your sense of security. Yeah, I think that's how you and I would be. Yeah. I can't say that every single person in, in our
2: shoes, if maybe they have a child at home
1: and they they're the only
2: breadwinner. I mean, I don't want to put my response on them because I think it depends on who's in in the situation, right. but Yeah, I mean, it's 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 tough, you know, but I try not to to focus on that too much. But when we think back about all those instances, I could tell you a lot more. Yeah,
0: you're a true survivor. And when it comes to when it comes to women in sports, when it comes to your representation of them, what do they go through when it comes to like we talked about guys and women coming after guys? What do women go through when it comes to the sports world that people wouldn't know?
2: You know, it's interesting. They they certainly don't go through the baby mama issues, right? You know, or the or the baby daddy. It's definitely uh, theirs. Well, right. Or or they are are make a decision like to not protect themselves and to maybe have a child, right? And if you know, so it's it's a lot. It's different. It's a different playing field. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, especially in the female sports, we get a little bit more into the you know LGBTQ world um, and dealing. Especially, I mean, look, nowadays it's a lot easier than it was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier nowadays than it was back then. You know, how do they deal with their, with their partners? Do they set up contracts? You can't have contracts for sex. So you have to, of course, no one's saying to have a contract for sex, but your pure consideration for the contract together and how you're going to pay bills can't be because you're in a romantic relationship, which would be the law interpreting that as a contract for sex. You have to find another reason why you're doing this. So I think for a lot of the females, um, you know, it's been a lot different over the years. And I I think it's changing now that the laws are so different.
1: And I think, you know, one of the ways to help this whole situation for women navigating all of these issues is to be proactive and to kind of build a tribe. And that's a lot of what you have done as a founding member with Wise Tampa Bay. So just talk a little bit about how you guys were able to get a chapter here and what it's like been starting, you know, being being a founding member of that organization and, and all that's happened since then.
2: Yeah, what a great organization! I don't know how I know Whitney's very familiar, but I'm not not sure Cam, how familiar you are.
0: I've been up there. I've been up. Yeah, yeah, I've been Uh, on set at Y. So it's it's been awesome. That's
2: awesome. So women's sports and events, uh, Tampa Bay, um, based out of New York. It's a national um, group. I think we were the 20th chapter that started. I think now they're up to 22, 23 chapters all over the country. Uh, We started. We're like a year and what three months in or three. Year and four months, and in. it's amazing.
1: Tampa was one like the twentieth chapter you said. Yeah, Tw- I mean, for you know, I mean, obviously we know it's growing, but you know, nationwide to be able to secure the twentieth chapter, that's a big deal for our and area. Already just uh, shy of three hundred members.
2: Wow. isn't that crazy? Amazing. It's amazing wow. in just a year and a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, so the lightning, the rays, uh, the bucks, uh, um, uh, the U.S. Um, Athletic Sports Management Program, and the Tampa Bay Sports Commission all came together as like the the founding partners with the seed money to get this initiative off the ground. It was their idea. And what an amazing idea, right? I mean, especially when you have all these great teams collaborating together. I mean, that's awesome.
0: So what are are y'all's meetings like?
2: They're all over the place, right? I mean, we do everything from Wise and Wine to Wise and Shine events. Uh, We had an event this morning with Working Women of Tampa Bay, which was a great event talking about the difference between mentors, coaches, and sponsors, and what those mean in your work life and maybe your personal life. And how to find them if you don't have them and and who are like the best people to be those role models. Mm, Sorority. Yes, in a way, in a way. okay, In a way. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's about promoting each other and supporting each other. And I mean, I guess in true sororities, um, they're supposed to be like that. I was like pledge class president in college and quit like the day before initiation. So Oh, so you know know, sororities
0: (laughs) and you are like, I don't know if I wanna call it
2: that.
0: A sisterhood. Yeah. Yeah. Not a sorority, a sisterhood.
2: Look, I think I think the traditional way a sorority is supposed to be should be like that, right? But when you think about paying for your friendship, I mean, that just gets, that
0: part's difficult for me. That's true. Let's yeah. remove that part and keep the sisterhood. Yeah. Right I just
1: don't think people realize that there are that many women. Those, those are just the 300, just the people who have signed up and paid the fee. But I think, you know, coming to the Tampa Bay area, moving back here from New York, I I always tell people about WISE, I had no idea that there were so many women in this area that worked in this field because in a lot of ways you feel like you're going about life and it's just you or you're doing your own thing or maybe you hear of a few people here and there, but 300 working in this industry, just in this city, that's mind-blowing. And what a, you know, I, I remember when I first joined WISE, I thought, oh my gosh, there's finally a group for my people, you know, who work in sports, like sports, talk about sports, but, you know, other women experiencing the same things, you know, or my gender who understand my perspective. But in this field, there had never been something, you know, just for people in the sports world. And I think it, it's such a gift.
2: Oh, thank you so much for saying that. But I feel the same way. It's, it's great being able to collaborate and, and come forward with like-minded people and, you know, work on issues or matters or just have
1: fun. Yeah. Yeah. And Michelle, you, you know, for your firm, Blank Rome, you came to, you know, you were in Miami, right? And yes. then you came to Tampa to open your office here? So
2: the office was already open, but they did not have a partner running it. I don't know if I ever told you the story about no. how that happened. So I was working for another um, Philadelphia-based firm in, in Miami for almost, I think, 13 years and had um, been very good friends with the Pittsburgh office because we all came in at the same time. So we went through training together, and you, you just developed that friendship, right? Mm-hmm. So long and the short of it is they left my old firm to start the Pittsburgh office of Blank Rome. And my daughter, who was then five, came to me the same week and said mommy I no longer want you to travel <laughs> and I was like what are you talking about yeah. I'm like "Like stabbed through the heart right like yeah. she's, she's made her decision <laughs> she's like I just want you home at night I said but I get to work from home when I'm in Tampa because my other office firm didn't have a Tampa office we, it was Miami mm-hmm. and I would travel to Miami maybe a couple times a month a couple you know two days at a time and then I would cover all over the state for court and I'm like I get to work in your lunchroom though I get to be home you know she goes I don't care I want you home at night and I went ugh I'm the worst parent, right? Same week the Pittsburgh office leaves, goes to this this new firm, calls me and says we need a partner to run the Tampa office do you want to run the Tampa office and stop traveling? And I went, um, did you talk to my five year old? Right.
1: <laughs> She's been yeah. negotiating the deal behind the scenes. She's your agent. Wow. And I know.
2: Right. Wow. So I talk about, you know, message from up above. Right. Yep. But I'm like, OK, I
1: guess this is it, what's happening. Yeah,
0: You got to do it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And to me, your world is so unique in what you're accomplishing, not only just as a woman in this field, but the areas that you're covering, people don't even know exist, you know, and, and you're at the at the top in terms of dealing with these issues. So, you know, two final questions in your career. What, what do you feel like up until this point you're most proud of and then is there anything that you amongst all the zillion things that you do is there anything you still want to do that you haven't done yet wow um okay so start with my like is
2: it like a case i'm most proud of anything any anything. accomplishment when you look back. Okay. Can I say two? I know yeah, of course. Okay, so recently um, this year, I was selected as um, the 500 in the state of the most influential business executives. Wow. That was pretty awesome. Wow. That First is amazing. On that Thank you. you go, so that girl. Was pretty cool. I was like so excited and yep. felt like, wow, like this doesn't happen, right? And so that was pretty amazing. And uh, as far as a case goes, I had a, a international kidnapping case like in 2001. I'm sorry. 10, a what? eleven, an international kidnapping case! <laughs> Holy cow! For an athlete um, who used to, who was a Formula One winner back in the day, and decided to um, go into the business world and um, come over to the states uh, from Germany and start um, a, a location here for his business, and wanted his kids to come over and learn English, thought it would be great to take the family over. Long story short, it's he's done with what he set out to come here to do. They're on these, you know, visas. That they have to go back, and his wife um, took off with the tennis pro, and Jeez. you know had some other issues with him um, that came out in discovery. And suddenly she was keeping the kids and wouldn't let them go back to Germany. So worked with the state department, and uh, you know had to try a case. And I think we tried it in like eight weeks in federal court. She claimed um, domestic violence. He um, left to go back because his visa was running out, and he had to get back for work. She had the police called. There was a police report. There was an arrest warrant out for him, so he couldn't even come back for the trial. We had to take depositions in London, um, did his videotaped direct examination over in London, like literally worked 25 hours for three days, well, 25 hours over the course of like a day and a half and then just kept doing that the whole week I was there. I was supposed to be there three days and it would be five
1: days. I was doing the math to see if there are even that yeah. many hours no, in those many days. I, I know. I think I
2: had like four hours of sleep each night. I Jeez. had to rewear some clothes because I had no, no not enough clothes for the whole week and didn't I had no time to go shopping for more clothes. Wow. And came back and we tried the case without him. And we were successful.
1: Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. Your clients are so lucky to have you. For what very few people would, you know, they lay down on the line like that, you know, for for their clients and for work. And you gave up your entire life.
2: Yes. And sleep. My my child at the time, she was very little. She was like, I don't know, two and a half. I remember her saying, "Um, just remember, mommy. Tell him you're my mommy, not his, the little boy. Because right. like, the little <laughs> boy was six. And I'm like, where did you – I say to her all the time,
0: where did you yeah. come from? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, she might be your legal counsel, really.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like a little Gandhi. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. well, Where's she now? Where's your daughter now?
1: Oh, she's here. Running she's, the world. Yeah,
2: running the world, right. She's, uh, she's probably getting picked up at some point from school out at Berkeley where our lovely Whitney went to school. And, yeah, she's loving it and loving life and – She's happy.
1: That's amazing. Okay, so then the last question of is there anything, which you've you've really done it all, but is there anything in your heart that you really want to accomplish that hasn't been done yet?
2: I want to be thought of and known more, you know, openly as the go-to for athletes. I mean, I think, I think I have a strong, a strong niche there. And I think I have a lot of clients that come, but like we could always handle more. And I think that I just want to be more well-known as the go-to person. I think there's not a lot of females out there doing this. I think females can bring a lot to the table on these types of issues because we can be sensitive to the other side. And, and you're a mom yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I use that with the other side. I'm like, right. Hey, if he's the dad, you're going to get taken care of because right. I'm a mom. Right. Right. But if he's not, are you sure you want to go to the press with this? Because that's what your kid's gonna have to listen to. And are you sure you're willing to take that chance?
1: I think, I think Cam summarized it perfectly when he said that you're legal mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you
0: are. I mean, you can't beat that. Me, when I work, when I'm doing business, I'd rather have Whitney come with me rather than some male because I know she's gonna get the job done at the end of the day. We
1: all need to go yeah. with us. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Both, yeah. Both
1: you and I will do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to get the job done and to you know look out for guys like Cam. It's like when you care and you love them so much, you're gonna do whatever is needed. Yeah. to make sure that, you know, and and most other people just wouldn't go to those lengths, but it's like, well, you know, it's just, we care to a We care level. too much, right? And, right? In a good way. Yeah. So Cam, what's next for you?
0: What's next for me? So really broadcasting, broadcasting, getting this down, um, landing the full-time position. That's what's next, hopefully. So, you know, all my eggs are in this basket. And then also, too, I mean, building outside of that as well. Um, I think too is for me. It's like it's like a training camp with me when it comes to daytime. So I'm like, okay, let me get home, let me get rested, let me get my haircut, let me get my suits, and then go on stage. But outside of that, I'm like, okay, I still have friends. I st- we still have Whitney here in Tampa, yeah. right? So I have to make sure that I make time for other things too. So I think just finding that balance as well for me is is what's next. So yeah, that's what I have
1: cooking. Cam is one of the few people who really knows himself and has found himself. I mean, a lot of people. Can't even do that if they don't play sports. But, you know, for so long, a lot of people define themselves that they're a football player, baseball player by the sport that they play. And so it's a lot harder to figure out who you are without that defining sure. you. And it's, a you know, Cam sees it. A lot of people we know in common, and a lot of his friends, that struggle is going on for a very long time. And Cam found it almost instantly. And I think when you know yourself and you are yourself, that's when you have success. And Cam already broadcast the Super Bowl last year. And so. Which is amazing.
0: That was, yeah, that was, that experience was awesome.
1: It's amazing.
2: But I always say like the top 10 things I want someone to say at my funeral, I don't want the top 10 anywhere in there to be that she was a great lawyer. I want to be, I want to be the great daughter, the great wife, the great sister, the great mom, um, a great friend. I Mm. want all those other things that, you know, to come first. I
0: like that. Yeah.
1: And I think that's the definition of a superstar and a champion is is someone who's the most amazing person. It's just so rare to find. So if people listening have questions or want to contact you, what are the best ways that they can reach out and find you? And now you're on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, Thanks to Whitney.
0: God bless her. She is
2: helping me because I feel like I'm, you know, I feel like I'm my mother when it comes to social media.
0: So what's your IG name? Legal mom? (laughs)
2: <laughs> it, should, it be. should be oh my god that's funny i know we may have to look <laughs> into see <laughs> if that that's could available. be a brand it's michelle m gervais right uh g-e-r-v-a-i-s and then my email is m gervais at blankrome.com. uh phone number direct at the office 813-255-2323 and then the cell Yes. Should I give that out? Go yeah. for it. 305-772-6384, because I cannot give up the 305.
0: Hey, yeah. Miami. You know <laughs> You can take
1: the girl out of Miami, but you can't take the Miami yeah. cell phone number out of the girl. You it's, can't, or the U. Like, oh, yeah. oh, wow.
0: We got the Fortigator and the U over yeah. here. It's, oh. not,
1: it's not really a rivalry. Oh,
0: I was at the opening.
1: <laughs> it was close. Mm-hmm. You tried hard. It was a oh. valiant effort. <laughs> Michelle, you are truly the busiest human being I know. Every time I see you, and everyone else asks this, how do you do It all with friendships, your daughter, your husband, him being in and out of the hospital, this career. I mean, you are amazing. So, the fact that you took so much time out of your day to be with us and share so much of your knowledge and your heart and your passion, all the good that you're doing for the world, I mean, I feel lucky to know you. Thank you for being here today. And, you know, I think that you're such an inspiration to me and such a gift. Then I know that everyone listening will feel that way too. Well,
2: thank you. The pleasure is all mine. It's such a pleasure to get to know you better. And, Whitney, I mean, I don't even know where to start and stop about you. I mean, you've brought so much to my life. I mean, I'm so lucky to have you in it. And I know you have to get over and meet my family because yes. they know I so much about them. you.
1: You know so much about them. <laughs> right. We all feel like you all know each other. I know. <laughs> so It'll it be celebrities happen. when I meet them. I'm like, how's right. fourth grade? And how's you know, how was dinner last night? And so we'll make it happen soon for sure. But yes. thank you for being here with us today. No, Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you.